You're listening to the Coventry Sphinx podcast. You can follow the fortunes of our football club on Twitter, where we're at Coventry Sphinx or at commentarysphinx.co.uk. If you like the show, please take a moment to subscribe wherever you get your podcasts and leave us a rating or a review. For more podcasts from Sphinx Football, visit sphinxfootball.com. Hello and welcome to episode 8 of the Coventry Sphinx podcast with me, Chris Nee, and Sean Thomas, one of the joint first team managers at our club. This is a podcast about a football club from one Saturday to the next and everything in between. In this week's episode, I'm not actually with Sean at all, but with our goalkeeper, Tom Cross. I'd like to start by apologising for the lack of an episode last week. It was a busy time for the club, so we've missed out on quite a lot, but you'll have to take my word for it that it was for a good reason. We've had four games since the last podcast. The Sphinx finally got started in the league with a really solid away win against AFC Wolfrenians. Colin Smith got the only goal of the game there. Then we had our first round qualifying tie in the FA Vars against Worcester Raiders, which I unfortunately had to miss. Callum Woodward scored in a 1-1 draw, then we won 3-1 on penalties. That was our third shootout win in the first four games of the season, and I'll be talking to Crossy about his incredible record in those. Next up, last Tuesday was our FA Cup first round qualifying match against Dilkerson Town. Yet again, Sphinx performed well, but sadly the game got away from us in the last 10 minutes or so, and our little run in the cup came to an end. And on Saturday, we won 3-1 at home in the league against Racing Club Warwick. I thought we cruised a bit, if I'm honest, but a couple of Ashanti Price goals and one from Los Rawlings got the job done. Anyway, now we've caught up, let's bring in Tom Cross. He's been in excellent form in goal so far this season, and that's without the fact that he's saved every other penalty in three shootouts. So here's Tom, with me, after the Racing Club Warwick game. I'm delighted to be joined by Sphinx goalkeeper Tom Cross, who's been a very busy man so far this season. Uh, we have to start with penalties, Crossy. Three shootouts in the first four games of the season, all one, and it helps when the goalkeeper saves one in two. I think it's yeah. I think seven out of fourteen. Yeah. What would you say to anybody who might have been harbouring a theory that your previous good record from the penalty spot was um, down to you picking a side and sticking with it? I think I think you can read a lot into different theories and stuff, but. As a goalkeeper, I think you quite enjoy it when it goes to a penalty shootout. You know, you ultimately, you can be the hero and you've got to back yourself. So, you know, I'm a big lad and if you can get down, you know, try and read read the body language and you can tell a lot by their body language when they approach the ball and if they're confident and then, I, you know, pick my way and go for it. Try a few mind games. And I think, you know, try and get into the striker's head and maybe they change, they change their... Um, decision last minute but you can all, almost from the shoulder position tell where they're going um, so yeah we've had a good start to the season and obviously the penalty shootouts have, have been a bit of a bonus for myself. So yeah, you've saved 7 out of 14 so far this season I've always been the taker so I'm completely fascinated by the goalkeeper's perspective on all of this I'm completely ignorant of it. How does saving half of the penalties you face in shootouts even happen? So you've got a, <laughs> you need to try and be a goalkeeper but there's a bit of psychology in there as well and a bit of intimidation it's just all of those things have to come together yeah I, th- I think like you said there's a lot of you know intimidation and ultimately the pressure's on the penalty taker as a goalkeeper there's there's no pressure on you yes you put pressure on yourself and you'd be disappointed if you don't don't save penalties and you can't get your team through yeah it's it's been like I said it's been a dream start in terms of the penalty shootout saves is it most important to save the first one I think we've always Sphinx have took the second penalty, haven't they? So whether or not there's a bit of you know mind games and that, and the lads give me confidence because I know they're going to hit the target. So if I can save one, I think we've got a good chance of winning. 
And like you said, I've managed to save a couple more than that. And, um, you know, if the lads can score theirs, then we've got every chance of going through. I think all the ones you've faced have hit the target as well, haven't they? Yeah, no one's missed a target, I don't think, in all, in all three shootouts. Is there a, a meaningful way for a goalkeeper to actually practice penalties? We said all of those things go into actually saving one. And from a taker's point of view, you can't really replicate the challenge that's facing them. Is it the same for you? Don't, I don't think we've ever practiced penalties, to be fair, in, in training. It's just one of those things where you get a penalty and you, you try and you know get in the striker's head and then try and read as much as you can and, and pick your spot. So, you know, we've worked on a lot of things pre-season with Lee and Damo, but penalties has never really been anything I've worked on. It's just more of that, that moment and what your gut's gut's feeling you do plenty of drills that are about reacting at close quarters some of those must come in handy yeah I suppose but a lot of the time I try and pick my way before he's took the penalty you can't wait for the penalty to be taken and then react because you know the lads are you know if it, it's a decent strike you're never going to get to it so it's more the body language You've had a few uh, clean sheets for good measure as well this season. I think it was a very good start to the season. Yeah. Uh, some man of the match performances, even in just the 90 minutes. During lockdown, took the opportunity to, you know, get myself a lot fitter than I was last season and the previous season. So I feel that that's really paying dividends now. And we've worked hard with Damo and Lee and Jude's, you know, Jude's been great pushing us all. Um, and ultimately, I know I need to perform to keep in the team because Jude's, you know, Jude's desperate for first team football. But Lee's, Lee's been great. He's, you know, he's pushed me all the way and um, it's been specific with what, what we're trying to do. So just really enjoying the football at the minute. You've given us some goalkeeping stability that's not always been here at this club. Um, there was one season in particular when we went through an unbelievable number of goalkeepers. Um, and it feels like the club is set up better from a goalkeeping point of view you work with Damien Morgan and Lee McClay you've mentioned and it looks from the outside as if you all work very well together Jude in in that as well yeah it's a a tight unit I think if you don't get on with your goalkeeper coaches and and you're struggling because ultimately they're they're there to help you and benefit the team so there is a good relationship we always speak during the week really appreciative of of you know Lee and Damo giving up their time to to support me and Jude Talk us through a typical session with, with Lee. Damien looks after match day a bit more. Yeah. But Lee, you will see during the week and you and Jude will, will go off with him. Yeah. You're quite isolated as a keeper in terms of, you know, sometimes you want to get in with the lads and enjoy, you know, the social side with the lads. But keepers can be, you know, a lonely position. Mm. So you know what's going to happen in terms, you go to training and, you know, I prefer to go off with a keeper coach. I feel I get a lot more from that than, you know, playing a five aside or six aside. And Lee, Lee will know what, what we're going to work on before we get there. And he's, he plans his sessions. So we'll have a warm up, you know, get your feet and hands going. And then he'll have good 20, 30 minutes blast on on what he's trying to achieve from the session. So that will be specific to me. And then, you know, looking at what specific student needs to work on as well. Having spoken to Lee, I think he's got a pretty good grip on your game, hasn't he? He's a yeah. very understanding of exactly how Tom Cross plays football. No, definitely. And he know, like the mental side of it as well. He he knows I need to get myself fired up to play. And, you know, I think that's that's when I'm at my best, when I'm, you know, high arousal levels, as you, as you call it. But I've, I've had a great relationship with Lee since he's been in. And he, he does understand how I work. And I think that's a massive part of, of being a goalkeeper coach. And to us, to have two keeper coaches at the club, you know, we are spoiled. You know, a lot of clubs at this level don't have that support. 
what is your own input into your training program? Is it more collaborative as an individual position? So you have a, a conversation with your coach about what's going to yeah, happen? Yeah, like you said, Lee, Lee knows us both very well and he an- analyzes our games, you know, if, if it's through videos or if it's actually at the game. But he knows he knows us you know, inside out in terms of what we need to do. So he, he'll, he'll come with that session plan. And, um, you know, I'm, I'm 32 now, so I know myself what I need to work on. And pre-season's different because you need to cover a lot of, you know, a lot of aspects of your game. But, you know, I, I don't think we're going to train for the next sort of five or six weeks because of all the midweek games. So it's just a case of, in the meantime, just can I get some gym sessions in and go for some runs, what I've been doing during lockdown. So, yeah, and then just have a good warm-up on a match day. You know, we t- talk a lot on, on WhatsApp and we have our group chat. We say, you know, maybe we conceded a goal last week through close range shot or a corner. Can we work on crossing? Can we work on 1v1s, for example? We've effectively got two first-team standard goalkeepers at the club, which isn't something everybody can say no. at this level. Sometimes at this level can't really say they've got one first-team goalkeeper standard. You've got a few years on you. Nearly twice his age, I think. <laughs> Does a bit of mentoring instinct come in because it's such a close-knit group. Yeah, you know, I, I want to help Jude as much as I can and, um, you know, I give him little pointers here and there and, and like I said earlier, Jude pushes me. I know I need to be at my best because, you know, he's desperate to, to have that shirt. He had, he had some, you know, game time last year, probably played five or six games and I'm sure he, he's desperate to do that again this year. So, you know, he, he's got a good future in the game and we'll see little things in training and, We'll just have a little chat and Lee will, you know, support what we're saying. But, you know, I can see things when he's in goal. And I'm sure when I'm in goal, taking the shots, he sees things and he says, oh, look at attacking the ball more and things like that. So we have got, you know, we do push each other really well. And I think we're both benefiting from it early, early in the season. We've not really spoken like this. So I want to go back and talk about how you got started, how your career up to this point has yeah. gone. So where, where did you first kind of break through as first team goalkeeper? Um, a team called Rothwell Corinthians. So they're step five now. So I'm a Kettering born lad. So I went through the Kettering youth team um, and then played um, Rothwell Corinthians under 18s and broke into the first team at 17. And then obviously went to university and I was traveling back for, you know, the first season, I think, you know, home comforts and things like that. I was coming back from Sheffield every weekend on the train, getting my washing, getting my food and going back up and then, you know, playing first team football at university. Um, an opportunity came up where um got a move to Sheffield FC. Um, so I played um, for Sheffield for probably about 18 months. Great experience, great club. Um, you know, old world's oldest football club. So a lot went with that, you know, trips away to Poland, you know, places like that for pre-season, playing Sheffield United, Sheffield Wednesday pre-season. So some great opportunities. And then obviously finished uni three years later, came back and signed for Corby Town, who were Conference North at the time. Uh, frustrating time there where goalkeeper, the first team goalkeeper was um, Chris McKenzie. I think he was 38 at the time. But, you know, he played league football. and It was a case, you know, be patient, you'll get your chance. I think there was a budget cut at the end of the season. I ended up playing the last eight games of the season and uh, won seven of them and missed out on the playoffs by a point. And then, obviously, McKenzie stayed. Um, I think he came back at the start of the season. I just thought it was time to, you know, go and play regular football. So, bounced around a few different clubs and then found myself at Bedworth um, where we won the uh, Southern League playoffs. We had a great season there, young team, 
Steve Farmer's manager. We had a you know great great changing room, and we um, there's some experience in there too. We went on and won the playoffs, and then after that season, I was at AFC Russian Diamonds. So again, big club, you know, um, great fan base, and it was it was you know it was different there because the expectation was to win every week, whereas clubs have been at before you it was you know every week you weren't the favorites to win so it's you know different type of pressure and you probably weren't in the game for 70 percent, and then you'd have to do one thing i think concentration is a key for what's really testing you see you know people like ben foster goes to man united in struggles because it's a different type of goalkeeping where i think if i'm in the game more i, I get the best out of me i str- struggle to do that so um after that i moved to um, Leamington with my wife now and then you know played played for some clubs locally around Leamington sort of Evesham um, Southam for a couple of years and then um, Racing Club who we played today had a season there and then obviously played played for Nibbo at Southam so we had a connection there and he brought me over to Sphinx which was three seasons ago now so you know it's probably the longest I've been at a club yeah, and um, really enjoying it so is that just a case of goalkeeper I can trust, I know him well, picks up the phone, job done? Yeah, you know, you, you want to play for somebody who you enjoy playing for and, you know, you come over to Sphinx and it's a very tight-knit group and, you, you know, anybody looking outside can see that. It's a, it's a great changing room. And, um, you know, you look, you look at the players they signed this summer, we look at Bryson, um, Jack Downs has come in, Andre, Danny Fraser... And it's like they've been here for, you know, six months. Everyone's bought into it. And I think we're obviously reap, reaping the rewards from that now. You know, I had a great start to the season. And, um, you know, you, you go in the bar now, everyone's in there having a good time. We've got, got a great change room at the minute. We've had a really good start to the season. As a goalkeeper, you have a totally different perspective on the game, certainly to us on the sideline, but to the other players as well. You're now playing behind a group of defenders who are really getting to grips with the system that we've, yeah. we've tried before over the years and it's been a bit of a mixed result Definitely. With, with the three at the back it seems to suit whoever's in there at the moment if you look across the team though you've probably got four or five centre-halves who can you know hold the place at centre-half you've got Guesty coming back obviously Liam Kay plays midweek you look at the midfielders you've got five or six in there it's, it's a very competitive squad now and the one thing I would say is you look at last season start of the season you, you know you couldn't pick your team there's a lot of people coming in, coming out. You didn't know your best two at front. We didn't know our best back four. I think you look at this this season, we're very settled. Might be one or two changes every week, but we've got the makeup now to play 3-5-2 with Danny and Loz at right back and left, you know, full backs. If we can keep that solid, solid base, we're going gonna to be, you know, pushing top six, hopefully. But in, in terms of individual players you, you'll see a lot more so when Liam Kay's in there you get a lot more talking and organisation where today you've got Andre Patson and Bryson it's up to those boys to step up and develop that part of the games where I think Patson's come on leap, leaps and bounds since last season and he's taken responsibility for playing in that position where before Liam was you know holding his hand talking him through it he's now got to do that himself and, and, you know, we look solid, don't we? So We do. The, the five as a collective all have a responsibility toward, towards you. But if we take Lars and Danny slightly out of the picture in terms of being, you know, directly yeah. related to what the goalkeeper needs from them, 
Are you more comfortable having a three in there? Yeah, I've never really been a fan of a three because, you know, people understanding their jobs always prefer prefer the four because, you know, everyone knows if you've got two up front, centre-halves are marking the two strikers. But I think what we've done well is everyone's talking, everyone's organised. You know, you look, look at today, you've got midfielders throwing themselves in front of shots. So it's a real team effort. We appreciate if you're defensively solid, you can go and get points, you can go and win games. Whereas last year, I think we were very naive. You know, you go to some places, I think Kalsa, Newark, and you'd set up to out-football and play 3-5-2 away from home, where A, you probably didn't have the players to do it, and B, we were so open, you just weren't going to, you know, have a platform to work from. So hopefully we can, you know, keep our players fit and, and keep, you know, play in that formation it's important for you as the goalkeeper to be vocal in that system Definitely. as well and it seems like that part of your game has come and on and that and that comes with you know playing football and experience you know I talked about Jude earlier that's one thing you know as a young keeper I was always told you need to talk more you need to do that but until you're actually played more games you don't understand the value of it play with people like Liam Kay it's all he all he does is talk 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 you know and I think playing with him's developed my talking as well and keeps you switched on. If you're talking throughout the game, you can't, you know, your concentration's there. Do you just let Liam get on with it in those midweek games in terms of the talking? Um, I think probably take more responsibility on a Saturday to talk and try and get the other lads talking. But, you know, it's not a case of, our oh, Liam's here, I don't need to say anything because, like I said, it keeps everyone on their toes. If, if you can hear voices from behind you all the time as a, as a centre-back, you know... If there's a man, man, you know, on your right shoulder, and I think, you know, Bryson's come in, done very well. Um, Andre's took his chance as well, and it's just encouraging everyone to talk now because you're only going to reap the rewards of it if you're organised as a defensive unit. So you've got that unique perspective. You see the whole team in front yeah. of you. How good can we be this season? That's it. So you know, Sean, sometimes have you seen anything? from behind at half time for example you do see different things I think today the difference was today we've took our chances you know in other weeks you know we haven't been as clinical in front of goal so I think if, if we can take our chances if we can keep the squad together we've got you know a very good squad yes you've got to try and keep people happy and get game time but I think with us playing you know Saturday Tuesday for the next five six weeks it's easier for Tomo and Woody to rotate it a little bit but I think if if we're all on it, like you've seen, we've played Ilkeston, you know, league, you know, top of league above, Colesville, Bedworth pre-season, we can compete against the better teams. It's when the pressure's on us to win, that's when, you know, you, ch- you see a little mentality change, which we've got a, you know, that that's a difference of being up there in the league, top six to to mid-table. So if we can apply ourselves every week, which now we know we can do, you know, the lads have set the standard now. So hopefully we can kick on from, you know, six points out of six. We've got a tough game Wednesday, um, Worcester away. So if we can, you know, get a point, three points away from home, you're going to be, you're going to be happy. Thank you to Tom for this week's chat. The schedule is looking as busy as ever. This Wednesday, we travel to Worcester, actual Worcester, to face Worcester City in the league. And then it's a trip to Heather St. John's on Saturday afternoon. Next week, we have a home league game against Long Eaton United. That's on Tuesday evening at Sphinx Drive. 
and our FA Vars second round qualifying tie on Saturday 10th of October, that's against Schiffnell Town. The big games keep coming and I think it's a measure of the club that everybody is just looking forward to every challenge. That's all for this week. Sean Thomas and I will be back in seven days or so to catch up again. See you then. Thanks for listening to the Coventry Sphinx podcast, a Sphinx football production. For more of our podcasts, visit sphinxfootball.com.